Hey, it's Brad. First thing I want to do is thank you for checking out this particular episode of Writer Radio. The second thing I want to do is tell you that your work is not done because as every podcaster in the history of humanity has implored his or her listeners to do, it is helpful, essential that you do all the stuff. The stuff means subscribing and liking and downloading and rating and reviewing and saying nice things and sharing with friends. Uh, this podcast to keep it going, keep it growing, keep it moving, make everybody's life easier, get more, I was going to say eyeballs, but this is a podcast, more earballs on Writer Radio, bigger and better guests, better conversations, better everything. Everything about the show is better if you actively uh, help me to share it with others. And you can do that by doing all of the things mentioned, not just by me just now, but by every podcaster who's ever sat down behind a microphone and, uh, and done this. I'm at the show. All right, so the kids got off the bus three minutes ago and, as usual, came downstairs. And what's the first question? Somebody asks me every single day when you guys get home. Can we play video games? Right. And lucky for you, mom's sick, so she wants you out of the way. So she's on the couch, and that allows you to just come to the basement and play. What are you playing today, and what's the new idea? So we're going to play Madden, and we're going to do a fantasy draft. So we, so on PS4, you can't do a two-player fantasy draft without skipping ahead. So we're doing one player, but we're ha- going to have the computer draft the whole we're going to have the computer draft the entire thing and then eventually look at the roster and see what players we have. What team are you going to be? Panthers. You're the Panthers. Oh, what's your Madden so, hack here with so that? So with the Panthers and the way fantasy drafting and Madden works is whatever team you pick, it's in whatever order the draft went this previous year. So if you choose the Panthers, it's the first round pick. Whatever team was second in the draft gets the second round pick. So Texans. Texans, yeah. So rec- I recommend picking the Panthers for if you play. All right, so Madden there, but there are two of you playing. So Drew, get over here. What is your role in this whole situation? I'm gonna be against Nate with the opponent team because that's what Nate does. And what I do with his franchises. All right, so it's his franchise, and you're just the opponent. Instead of playing against the computer, he plays against his seven-year-old brother. Yep, go Lions. Go Lions. Yeah, go Lions. On today's episode of Writer Radio, Jeremy White joins me, my old good friend from back in my radio days. He is still one of the morning show hosts at WGR in Buffalo. Uh, Long conversation with him that actually I think I'm going to split into two. So he'll be in the next episode as well. Very little sports content, just sort of a couple guys with a bunch of kids running around our houses talking about that. It's been a while since I sat down and recorded anything with Jeremy, so this is fun. I appreciate his time. I appreciate you listening, and uh, thanks for checking out Writer Radio. Here's Jer. I have a story I want to tell you, and I've wanted to tell you for a couple hours, and I decided not to tell you over the phone because I wanted it to be the first thing we talk about here. Okay. Um, things have changed a lot uh, in our lives since we did a radio show together, uh, most notably the presence of five small people that live between our two houses. Uh, both of us married now. Both of us have kids now. Um, 
And there are things that I do that never would have happened in the past. And one of them happened today. I had a meeting at work at Community Beer Works this morning. It was at 11 o'clock. I was running a little bit late. I was driving as fast as I could. Let's say 78 miles an hour on the 190. Okay. Okay. So I'm doing that. And at one point, I noticed sort of a, a flicker in my rearview mirror and remembered that I had three um, sleds in the back of my truck that does not have a tunnel cover. Doesn't have any, it's got, I've got a cargo net, and I put stuff underneath that. But it's for short trips. We went sledding a week ago, and still three sleds for the three kids in the back of the truck. And then one of them uh, left the truck while I'm driving 75, 80 miles an hour uh, on the 190. And I just thought, well, there's not really much I can do about that because, you know, I'm in traffic and we're moving. So then I went, I went to my meeting and then I went home. And as I pulled in the driveway, I remembered that my plan had been to take the same route back and just kind of glance and see if maybe it's there. Maybe it fell over the cliff and went down because it's kind of a raised section of Niagara Street. It was near like uh, what used to be Harry's is now Aqua or something. It was around that stretch right before the Ontario Street exit heading south. I got back in the car, truck, and I drove back from Amherst down to uh, that area and I found it. It's still there. Uh, it's laying not in the lane, but right up against the the wall the median wall and appeared to be intact don't know for sure because i'm driving 67 miles an hour at this point but there it is so i pull over I'm like you know what there, there are brakes in this traffic i can potentially get there all right <laughs> can i interject a question yeah go ahead how expensive is this sled i'm guessing like 30 bucks okay all right so it's not it's not like a 10 dollars sled it's a 30 dollars sled yes this is the conversation I had with my wife when I got home and told her I was going back to look. I'm like, yeah. look, I'm not going to – if this is the end, I want you to understand what happened so you can tell the news what I was doing. This right. was out of love for Nathan. Nate got a sled for Christmas last year. That Okay, that's big too. Yep. And didn't we didn't sled last year. And we just went once this year. So it's been used one time. It was a Christmas gift last year. It's a target purchase. Carol estimates it's about – a $30 thing. So I pulled off and I'm looking and now because of the rate of speed where I was, <laughs> I was traveling, I'm now a good 300 yards past the sled. I'm on the right, the sled, I would have to cross two lanes of traffic to get it. It's on the left and it's 300 yards behind me. So I decide to leave, get off the road <laughs> um, and then loop back around, drive up to get Back on the road heading south again, this time knowing where it is so that I can stop at the proper place. And I got off at Vulcan Street. Oh, yeah. I know Vulcan. Can't get back on. Had to drive all the way up to, like, the foot of Sheridan Drive. Yep. And turn around at, like, the little boat launch thing. And then turn back around and then get back on and now try to estimate about where it is. Try to remember where it was that I saw it. And it happened. And I got there. And I parked. And I got out, waited for a break in traffic, got out, ran across the street, got it, perfectly intact, ran back across the two lanes of traffic, still no cars coming, still had time to get in my truck, and now the cars start coming. 
and you can feel, and they're all driving as fast as I was driving this morning. You can feel them buzzing by you. And this is right when I talked to you on the phone yeah. and said, yeah, Jerry, let's get together and record something. I have a story to tell you. Eventually, I escaped. I lived. The sled is intact. Everything is going to be okay. But um, that's the kind of stuff that didn't happen uh, previously. If that's no. my thing, if that's my item, I'm not getting out on the 190. I was, I was thinking about like, do I call the police and say, I need to do this thing? Can you help me with it? Because flashing lights would have helped a lot. Um, but I did it. I pulled it off. And it's the kind of stuff that I do now. Yeah. Yeah, you do stuff to make sure that that sled, which means something. That gonna, exact one. It, it had to be that right, one. Right, right, right. See, I'm thinking back to previous uh, capers. If it's, it's like a sure. caper. Sort of. I'm thinking of the time we did a show where your laundry chute was clogged and you took calls from my from people. How do I get it unclogged? It was like throw two liter <laughs> soda bottles down it and yes. get stuff under. Like it used to be that kind of life was like laundry chutes clogged. Let's do some weird stuff. Uh, in this case, it's this like, is death defying. Right. This is like I'm going to run in front of trucks and get this sled. <laughs> yeah, that that's that's good. That's funny. did I do it right? Yes. I mean, immediately I'm thinking about. Could there have been a, a hack where you pulled over on the other side of the highway and reached over the Jersey barrier? That could have been in play if that were like a more favorable pull-off spot. Yeah, it was not. Um, the, okay. the pull-off spot was not terrible once I did it the second time. The first time, it was a problem because I was too far. I I started reversing in the truck because oh, I was yeah. like, and I was like, this is this is bad. I can't do this. Um, I feel like if once you own a truck, you will have a story of losing something out the back. Even if you have a tonneau cover, because there's times where you're going to have stuff in it where the tonneau cover can't close. Sure. So, yeah. It's just part of owning a truck. You, you're always thinking about it, and then then it happens. It's like, oh, here we go. Well, all right. Now I've got now an, what? Now I've got an adventure on my hands. And yeah. the kids at school, Carol's like, you can't tell Nate about this. I'm like, right. well, I'm going back. Because here's here was the, the thing. I couldn't just... I, I would not be able to sleep tonight if I didn't go back. I had to at least go back and look and assess the situation. And then I got there, and I was like, yep, it's bad. This is a bad situation. And then I just did it anyway because I was already there. Yeah. <laughs> and I lived, so I feel okay. That's good. And the closest thing I've got to that right now is that I will spend – I'll be at work, and I'll get a call, and you know you know how it works. Whenever the phone rings, like, this is bad. It can't be good. They don't call this. Sometimes they call to say hi, but a lot of times it's bad. And it's like a FaceTime, and it's my son Knox, and he's crying like, can't find Lightning McQueen. Oh, boy. And it's like, all right, buddy, I'm, when I get home from work, I will look for it right away. And then whatever plans I had that day, I'm like, mm-mm. Right. No. I'm, I'm, in my head, I'm mentally preparing myself. Like, I'm going to get home, and I'm going to start here. I'm going to look all these places. I'm going to find that car. I'm going to get it. Um, so that's happened a few times. Of course, you know, you learn a lesson. We now have a... Uh, Backup light yes, queen in, in a drawer right over there. Like, just in case we really can't find it, right. here, here's another one. And then when you find the first one, back in the drawer. Now, that reminds me of I went to the zoo with, uh, we probably only had one kid at the time or one and a very young baby. But I was at the zoo with my oldest when he was two, let's say. And he had a blanket that was, it was a, his sports blanket. It's very soft. Um, covered in, you know, footballs, basketballs, baseballs, soccer balls, whatever. And he took it everywhere with him, everywhere. And we lost it at the zoo in a rainstorm. So we get to the car, you know, hustling to the car to get him in. And it's this is still stroller age. 
Just me, Zach, stroller, get back to the car, no blanket. Okay, what do we do? Well, pack Zach back up, run back through the zoo parking lot in the rain to the place and say, hey, do you have a lost and found? Yes. Can you see if anybody turned in a blanket? Nobody turned in a blanket. Okay, what do we do? Get home. Explain the situation. We just have to buy the blanket again. It'll be okay. We'll have it in a couple days. It'll be fine. We end up getting the blanket. Then the zoo called. They found the blanket. Okay. Hold on. We, he's 11 years old. We still have two of that <laughs> stupid blanket. <laughs> I was going to say, this is where if it were like the sled story, the zoo called, it's in the rhino exhibit, <laughs> and they're saying, you can go get it if you want. <laughs> if you'd like. We're all going to watch. Yeah. yeah. It's in there with, uh, you know, whatever that guy's name yeah. is, the, the giant rhino. Just hop the, hop hop the, the moat. Enclo- hop the enclosure. Hop the moat and then get there. Yeah. All right. So, Didn't yeah, you and I have a conversation? We, we had a conversation about this 15, 20 years ago. About the zoo, and I mean, I still do this, and it's true with the rhino exhibit. I probably told you about it with bears and lions. Don't you always think, how would I get out of there if I fell in? Every single time. Every time. Every single time. Every time. Yeah. And now there's an extra twist because I'm thinking of this scene at the end of Anchorman. (laughs) So that's mixed into it, too. Yeah. But always, even as a kid, I used to wonder, like, that gap. If I went down there, could the tiger get down there? Am I safe down there? Would the tiger eat me down there? Because yes. there's there's the fence, and then there's the moat that's way down. I don't know. I, I mean, I probably have a broken leg by the time I get there. Yeah. So I am tiger bait. But yes, that crosses my mind every single time. Every time. The other thing about the zoo, um, I don't know if we've ever had this conversation, but I remember when my wife was pregnant with the, with our first kid, and we got you know you get the shower, and just all of a sudden your house is full of stuff you don't know what you've seen it before but you don't know what it is putting together a stroller and seeing that the stroller had a cup holder on it and immediately my first thought was oh you can drink beer at the zoo (laughs) that's what that's for right sure (laughs) yeah i'm consistently surprised the number of places you can drink beer where you take your kids i mean i'm not complaining about that but I'm surprised by it consistently. Like, oh, all right, hey, why not? I'm surprised by the family nature of community beer works and other brewery type of yeah. places. You had a party, something where your kids were running around. That's right. That's and it, right. it's just, it's normal. There's we, kids there, there's dogs, we're inside, it's fine. Right. I like it. And to that point, um, I talked to the people afterwards and they realized when they saw me and the family and the kids, like, we don't have enough high chairs. We need high chairs. Because... You know, that is the nature of that now. We're like, we will go down the street. There's a bar down the street from us, and the kids love the French fries. And when my wife and I are just like, man, like, you know, gray days like this, like we got to get down. Let's walk down the brewery, have a beer, and these kids are going to put spinners on the windows, wave at fire trucks, and drink fries. And it's like everybody's favorite thing to do. Sure. So, like, yeah, breweries or, or, or tap rooms like that. Yeah, it. Thank God that's like that. Right. Yes. There are places where it's totally acceptable, and then there are places that are just bars. And I've stopped caring about the difference between them. And here's the the basis of this: I'm doing a trivia night. I run trivia night at Community Beer Works. Well, Community Beer Works right now, the tap room is closed, so we're opening an, opening a new one um, at Elmwood and Bidwell sometime this year. It's not ready yet. But we closed the other one down in the meantime. So I want to keep trivia night going. So I moved it to a different place. My kids have been helping me as like my assistants. But it's one thing when I'm bringing a nine-year-old and an 11-year-old into the place where I work 
where I know everybody and I have a key and I'm running everything. It's a little different when I'm at Transit Music Lounge, which is just a bar that yeah. people are hanging out in. And now a nine-year-old is walking up to you asking you if you'd like to play trivia. And they're like, what's your story, little man? And it's, you know, it, it was Monday. That it was the first time we did it at Transit. This is the day after the Bills lost. I don't know if you were out and about on Monday, but it wasn't a great time to be in Western New York. So it was kind of misery, just everything. And now you've got a nine-year-old coming up to you asking if you want to play a yeah. game with his dad. Uh, so, yeah. It's just the stuff that we do these days. Well, to that point, do you remember being a kid and being at a bar with your dad after softball or baseball? 100%. Yeah, 100%. Smitty's and Nelson's were the two places. Yeah, I mean, growing up, playing 10-pin bowling or whatever while the softball team was having a couple of beers, you just run around and do stuff. I remember and, eating sour cream chips yeah. and watching Lou Pinella play for the Yankees. Yeah, That's, and here's a Diet Coke and the baseball game's on. Right. And you're like, sweet. Yeah. This is, I'm eight and this is great. <laughs> yeah. But one thing you do as a parent, you start to think about it in, in terms like looking back on that. So what's the alternative? Pay a babysitter X dollars an hour or just feed the kid quarters and be like, yeah, play pinball for an hour and a half. Like you're saving money. It, it, looking back, it's like, oh, that made way more sense than not having me there. You know where I am. You know I'm in good shape. You're fine. And I'm going to play 10 pin bowling. And every time I come back to you, talk to you about it like – yeah, looking, I, I kind of look back on that fondly, you know, like... Oh, absolutely. Like, it's a cool thing to do, I, and my kids are, are too young to do that kind of stuff, but I fully anticipate that, although, well, whatever, like, I, I just feel like it'll be a part of what we do. It, it's going out as a family. I, because of everything changing with working from, from home, basically, um, I mean, I was working from home before it became cool, before everyone was working from home, like, I was doing it... Um, cause I was mostly just writing. So I'm, I'm writing trivia games at the mm -hmm. time. And what is the reason to spend 20 minutes driving somewhere to park and then going up an elevator and then sit in a room to not talk to anybody and write on a computer? There's no reason. So I was doing that before. Then all the schools closed and my wife's job, she couldn't go in anymore. So now it's, Oh, yeah, I'm going to just work from home, but also there are three kids here the whole time trying to learn on the computer, including a kindergartner, I think, at the time. Um, and then, yeah, it was a kindergartner, a three-year-old, and a second grader, whatever. Um, so I got three kids, in theory, learning at home while my wife is working at home. That's when I started going into the office. Yeah. I started going in because I had to escape the house. Now that we've gotten back to normal and they go to school... My wife is still working from home, but she's not a problem. Summers are a problem. Um, but the reality of the situation is that most days we have a conversation like, all right, what do you have? What do I have? What about the kids? What time are they getting off the bus? We know that one. Um, most of the time, my solution ends up being worst comes to worst. I'm bringing the kids to the meeting. You know, we've got a kid who's homesick. We've got a whatever it is. Just throw them in the car. They can they can come with me. I haven't found a lot of places where it's not acceptable right. to bring them, which is which is nice. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know that it's always been that way. I think a lot of things have changed with regard to uh, rules since 2020. Yeah, like a lot is just like, well, yeah, that's how we used to do things. That's not how we do things anymore. Yeah, it's funny when you were asking me about meeting today. The the work from home. I listened to a podcast today about like how companies are not trying to figure out how to get people who are hybrid get their morale up because 
it's just changed so much in our society. But you asked me today, like, oh, you're 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 are you working from home? Are you in studio? I'm like, I've been in studio for two and a half years, and nobody knows the difference. No, <laughs> you know, like it's and there's so many there's there are plenty of jobs where you can tell the difference in product. But I get people asking me all the time, are you still working from home? Like, no, I I've, I went in a long time ago, and I came to really appreciate. Maybe this is directly related to having kids. I came to really appreciate the drive in and drive home every day. I never knew that that had value, but it has real value to me. And I drive to work early when nothing happens. Sometimes I just drive in silence. Sometimes I'm listening to, listening to a show. Sometimes I see something, you see a sign, and all of a sudden you're triggered like, oh, I should do that today. And the same thing with the drive home. Like, oh, I'll stop here on my way home. And I, I tell everybody that, that I had no idea that 11 minutes each way would have yeah. true value to me, but it definitely does. Yeah, that's cool. Um, I, getting together today, so we were, we tried to do it this morning. That didn't work out. Um, we were texting back and forth, phone calls, whatever. We were going to meet at a bar. The bar wasn't open. I was in the area. You wanted to meet at 3 o'clock. I'm like, but it's 10 to 2. Well, now what? So I went right near the bar. And discovered that Revolver Records is on Hurdle. Right. And I had a gift card for Revolver Records in my pocket. So I just bought like nine records while waiting to come and talk to you. Same type of thing, though. Just, all right, I'm out. Hey, there's a place I'd like to go. Wait, I have an hour to kill? This is amazing. So that that all, the, the confluence of events yeah. was fantastic for me. It allows... For something random to happen. Now, sometimes that's like a car accident. Like you bump and now you got to get an insurance. But other times. Yeah, sometimes a sled flies out of your Sometimes a sled flies out of your. And other times you have an awesome sandwich, you know, because you just stop somewhere and you're hungry. So, yeah, it's good. I, I, I very much appreciate it. And, you know, I go into work and I see this like five people total. But, hey, I'm good with it. So. Yeah, you know, you mentioned the, the product. The idea that. We're recording this right now, sitting in your kitchen, but it could have been at Community Beer Works, or it could have been at some bar, or it could have been in my basement, or it could have been in my truck. Is crazy when you think about the 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 job in general and what it used to be like uh, working in radio. How like I remember was it last Christmas? I think I had to drive in to. I bought something. Mike's kid was selling reindeer for the lawn for a fundraiser for a sports team or something and i had to go meet him there and i remember like fighting for parking at that place and i got there and no there's plenty of room you just park wherever and then mike came down and he told me they didn't even put up the christmas tree this year (laughs) like yeah we we don't do that anymore we don't we don't get together to work so bill's opener pandemic year i did my i did pregame I had a little, you know, these devices that allow you to broadcast from anywhere, whether it's record and sound great or broadcast. Like we've, we've always had the ability to broadcast on location. It just became much more, oh, actually, yeah, it'll work in this spot and it'll work in this spot. Well, you don't need a truck anymore. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I was in my truck and I had the thing, I plugged it into my lighter. It's got one of those, you know, uh, satellite Wi-Fi card, whatever that, however that works. That year's First game of the season. Boy, I don't remember who they played. They must. It didn't matter if they're home on the road because we couldn't go, right? <laughs> so we took our camper out to Evangola State Park and parked out there, but I couldn't get reception out there. So I ended up driving into like 
I drove into Angola and there's a Tim Hortons there. I parked in the parking lot of a Tim Hortons in a rainstorm and I did the Buffalo Bills network pregame show. The real one. Real one from a big black truck in a Tim Hortons lot. And if anybody pulled up, they would have seen a guy in a headset just talking to me like, what's that guy doing? And the answer is hosting the Buffalo Bills pregame show. <laughs> just by myself, taking calls because, you know, they could text you who's on the line and all this. And it's just kind of funny. Like, I think my family kind of laughs at that one especially because whatever. I've done shows a lot of different places. I did a show from my camper for a pregame once. But the one that sticks out is, oh, yeah, the Tim Hortons parking lot. That was the season opener. And anyway, they were good. And like, you know, they Josh were great. Allen, they that was were great. a great year. Josh Allen's on the team. And I'm just like, hey, what do you think about this game? As I sit in a Tim Hortons parking lot. I, I pulled a little further away because I thought if people were pulling up next to me, it would be distracting. And then, of course. Well, well especially also, if it's in delay and they're listening. <laughs> that's right. That's right. <laughs> now you got to tell them to turn their radio I, down. I'm, they're I'm, not even calling. I'm also worried about, because you never know. Like, if you parked there for two hours, like, is a cop going to come by and be like, oh, we got a report. You've been sitting here for two hours. Yeah, I'm. I'm on the radio. Turn it here. That's the station. Yeah. Turn it on. Watch. You're going to hear it in one second. You know, like, so it's, it's just funny. Listening the other day is the reason that I asked you if you were working from home is the other day I was listening to Mike and Chris and that's our, our, the afternoon show. Jeremy does the morning show. And I heard Mike reference something about looking out his window I'm just, and I know Chris is in his bait or his uh, attic always, um, but I, I don't know. I just thought there was something tethering the show to the studio. There's, it's not. I think they flipped last week or something. They always, sometimes Chris goes in. I, I never know. You, you can't, can't tell. tell. You, you can't, can't tell at all. You, you can't tell. It's awesome. Yeah. I, I mean, I appreciate the the foundations with which this industry was built, and I like the stuff that we went through 20 years ago or whatever. But it's so much cooler to be able to just do this sort of thing. And I mean, it's just a podcast. Yeah. But it's the same thing. It's the same exact thing. I'm sitting in your kitchen yeah. and we can do the same thing that anyone else can. So Except it's, my dog it's awesome. is annoying you. That's I, the only difference. No, I like your dog. Your dog's cool. He didn't like me when I got here, but then you gave me some treats and now we are best friends. Yep. He is. Uh, he thinks you have more. Yeah. I explained it to him. <laughs> But he has no real interest in believing me. He's not quite more work than the kids, but he's close. He is a he's a high maintenance dog in that he needs exercise or he will ruin our lives. Yeah. I uh I don't have a dog anymore. We he uh we had to put him down in last April, I think it was. But I had him before having kids. So I, I you know, I had him for twelve years or something like that. And I'm not telling other people to not get dogs. I love your dogs. I just will never have another one living in my house again. Just the idea of not thinking about every door having to open and then close real quick because this is going to happen or food sitting somewhere or whatever, garbage being, all of it going away. I'm not anti-dog. I'm anti-dog at my house now because of what you're saying that it was just, not more work than the kids, but just an extra headache with every single thing I was doing that I, I don't miss. The dog was great. He was a yep. very friendly dog. Um, but what a pain, man. <laughs> just extra stuff. And then you, it's like he truly believed that since he was there first, <laughs> he was the most important one. 
and all attention belonged focused focused on him, and that was not the case once the kid showed up. You know. Yeah. Yeah. This guy is. Um, I mean, he's three, so he's gonna be around for a while. <laughs> um, and as the, it's funny, like you know how this works. Your kids are older than my kids, but like when they're real young, you as a dad have a lot of time. It's fine. You don't have to do that much. That's right. And then they get older, and they do a little bit more. And then they get older, and I'd imagine they're still going to get older, and I can have more and more to do. More, but yeah. that a lot first, of driving, a lot of driving. But that first year and a half, you know, fine. No, whatever. It's easy to find time. And I would take him to. He's a dock diving dog, so like jump off docks and catch frisbees. And it would be a great time for me to go out into a field and put on a podcast and like it was good for my mental health as much as it was good for his physical health that's a good point very good not just because i'm out and doing something and i'm out in peace but like to to know that i can give that to him because he needs that it was awesome and the time just dwindles and dwindles and dwindles and i still have avenues to do that for him i've got a neighbor across the street his dog and my dog are like friends so you know <laughs> we go socialize and they socialize um, but the time has been dwindling, and I think the toughest part about the dog ownership now is the guilt. Like, I feel I'm not doing enough for him. I, I got to make sure I carve out time for him. And my wife even knows, like, you got to get him out today. You got to run him. You got to do this. You got to do that. Because if he doesn't get his exercise, he, he's – a lot of dogs are like that. But this dog is – when I tell you he's on another level, my wife goes on ultra hikes. Okay? You know what What's ultra- that mean? No. Okay. An ultra hike uh, is like hiking a marathon. She, huh. this this summer, she hiked 17, 19, 26, 22, all separate hikes. On purpose. On purpose. Not like your car broke down. Nope. Okay. Miles. She took him with her. What did this guy do on those hikes? Best day of his life. He walks 26 miles, hikes, and probably does more than that because you know how dogs go forward and yeah. they come back right. to you. And then he probably did 38 miles. And then when the hike is over, she comes home, has a beer, relaxes. What does he do? Picks up a tennis ball, drops it in front of me. He's like, let's go. And you're just like, on a day where I don't get him any exercise, I know in my heart he could literally run a marathon and still want to play. And how am I supposed to do that? That's impressive. It, it's impressive, and it's also, it's also difficult. That, that's a, where the guilt comes that's in. That's a problem. Yep. Um, I think there is a connection between – Young kids, yours are probably getting a little bit out of it, uh, out of that age. You're a little older, and dogs in that. The thing that struck me is the part where you said you could go to a park, and he can run, and you can listen to a podcast. Once they want to talk to you all the time, you can't listen to the podcast anymore. And I've tried the one-ear thing. It just doesn't work. It doesn't it's, work. It's no good for anybody. I'm not hearing the story. I'm not paying attention. I'm not doing any of this stuff. Um, but with a dog... Dog does not need you to be paying attention to what it says. No. Nope. Because <laughs> you can just see what it wants from yeah. looking at it. So you can listen to things. That is therapeutic. I get that. Yep. And that's – you were saying you have a lot of time when the kids are young. I can't speak to it because you had two at the same time. But anytime anybody has their first kid at this point, like it's super easy. It, the – the greatest thing about them when they're young is that I equate it to like a, a video game. Like if you buy a new video game that you're not familiar with, you buy a Red Dead Redemption. I don't know. 
I've never played it. I have. Okay. I put hundreds of hours into Red Dead Redemption 1 and 2. Okay. Yes. So if you've never played Red Dead Redemption and you buy it, the game is designed so that you don't get frustrated. So it teaches you how to play. You warm up. It's like, all right, this is this is what this this is what L2 does now. Right. You know, this is this is how these buttons work. By the time it gets a little bit trickier, you've mastered that. And you move on to the next thing. And I, I think kids are kind of the same way in that you bring it home, you're scared. Okay. Good news is it's not doing anything. It sits in that chair right there. And then you move it, you change it sometimes, you feed it sometimes, you put it in a crib. That's it. Super simple. Next level, it's crawling. Okay. All yep. right. We got yep. to start dealing with this. But that's okay. So now. Put oh, a pen around it. Right. That's when you learn how to use the speed burst button mm-hmm. or whatever the thing is or how to aim properly, whatever. the. But it, it just builds, and it works pretty well. That's with one kid. I don't know about two. Two might be crazier. But with one kid, I found it's pretty simple until they're actually walking around, and then you got to start worrying about stairs and you got to – that kind of stuff. But it's pretty easy to come home with a newborn. It doesn't do anything. For months, your job is, of course, to be like support system for your wife. Or whatever the mother, and uh, then it gets different, but it gets better because, like, I, I tell people if anyone's having their first kid, like, for at least four months, don't. I want to say like, don't even expect much at all. You know, I, I we got pictures of us holding the kids when they're super young, and I'm, you know, I can remember the first one when I held my daughter, and maybe you have these grand expectations of like oh, what this kid's gonna gonna mean and all this stuff, and you're just like. Yeah, I mean that's a baby. <laughs> we just met, and you're probably great, but you, you really don't do anything. And then you know, as they start to get personality and you know walking and talking, and uh, it gets a lot more fun. Like I think that you know, for dads, I don't know if it's true for everybody. Some maybe connect right away, and others it might take that four months at five to six months where you're like, oh, I'm starting to get it now. What the rewarding nature of this is because early on, like I can remember my son, our son, he had reflux, which when they're babies and they have reflux, they're just crying all the time because they're miserable. They're in pain. And I felt so sad. I told my wife all the time. I'm like, his life is pain and misery. I feel terrible. (laughs) I I feel like I brought a child in the world. Who's just always in pain. And the pediatricians are like, well, he'll grow out of that. And he did. And now, you know, that's like a funny memory. But in the time, struggled with it i'm yeah. like this is i can't comfort him i can't soothe him in the way that you know she can um but whatever like it's 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 been fun to learn along the way and it's been fun to watch them the one thing about having two together at the same time that's fun is to see how different they are people ask like oh do you notice different personalities it's like yeah just like any two kids would just like your nine-year-old and your four-year-old are different people yeah. like they're growing up at the same time but they are mo- very very different in the way that any two people are different. Well, I remember when we had uh, our second, I have three boys. We had the second one and found out he was going to be a boy. I thought, cool, I'm going to have two boys, two years apart. Great. They can be buddies. This yep. is going to be awesome. When we found out we were having a third boy, reality, like in my head, what I really thought was, why do we need another boy? Like, what, <laughs> what What? could he? Po- what could possibly be? We got two they're going to be pretty similar, but kind of different. I don't need a third thing like that. Guess what? 
entirely different human being. And of course yeah. that's the case, but I do remember thinking that like, what, what? yeah, he's going to, okay. He's going to look like halfway between that one and that one. And he's going to be a boy. And good news. They can, you know, we can keep passing clothing down and that, that'll be that, good. That's nice. But from a, like, well, your aesthetic you're, standpoint of our house. Like, what do we, what do we need another yeah, one? Yeah, you know, for? This, this is like when you're designing a player in NHL '94. There are only so many sliders. You're like, all right, fine, another one. I mean, he's going to be between these two on the sliders. I mean, the same kind of person, right? Yeah. Um, but then he turns out to be entirely different, and part of it is him being the little. He's the little guy always, so he's just a scrapper yep. who has no idea that he shouldn't be doing the things that he's accomplishing right now. He has no idea that he's seven. He thinks he's fourteen. I was going to say, question for you on that, like because I've had, I've got a, the street I live on has tons of young kids and tons of dads, and we've got a, we started a fantasy football league this year on the street, just all the guys, and it's been a really good thing because a street that you know we were all friendly and knew each other and. We're very social. Now there's just flat out a street group chat with, with, with the fellas. And that can turn into, hey, can anybody use this? And someone's giving away a couch. Or, hey, does anybody have uh, poultry shears? Like, sure, here you go. Or it's go bills. Um, but the point is, like, as you, as you learn about that, you, you talk about, you talk with other guys that have kids at different stages. And one of the things they've told me is when they had a second or a third that the kids that were already there immediately kind of age up a little bit. Mm. Like they, in their experience, that they matured. So if you have a seven-year-old and you have a kid after that, that it almost feels like, it might just be perception, that they get older because in families with multiple kids, like older kids all of a sudden take on more responsibility. So almost like, all right, that kid grew up a little bit, bit quicker because now he has a younger brother. So I don't know if that's true. Well, you know what? I, I'll say this. My oldest now can ride in the front seat of the car. He's taller than my wife. <laughs> He's 11. He's taller than her. Like, if she could do it, he could do it. I'm not letting him drive, but he could sit in the front. But now, if we get in a little pinch and there are too many kids, too many, there's too much stuff in the truck, whatever, I'll let the second oldest sit in the front seat of the, car, of the truck. I don't think that's legal. I think he's, I don't know what the rules are. I'm honestly, I'm not even 100% positive that there are laws that dictate who's allowed to sit where in a car. Yeah. It's it's sort of like uh honor system is the wrong I'll word. Put it this way, like it's when uh when the instructions for something say no one under 6 should use this. It's like, well, if you do, that's that's on you. Yeah, yeah maybe yeah, yeah. maybe it's that, but it's like there's a, you know, the car seat has to be facing the one way and then it can turn around at a certain is it age or is it height or is it weight? Great question. None of this is real. Ours are still backwards. And None of it's real. When we asked our pediatrician, they said backwards as long as you can go. Meanwhile, these kids' legs are like up yeah, in the air. Their feet are sticking out the back. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like any day now. Yeah, yeah but like all of that, I, I'm not sure that it. Um, back to your point of the other kids aging. When you've got a younger one, this one seems older, yeah. just in in vibe. So I don't feel much about taking the 11 year old to the bar, which then leads me to not feel much about taking the nine year old. Seven-year-old, I just don't trust because he's a lunatic, <laughs> so I'm not bringing him places like that, but it'll happen sooner because of him sort of pushing forward. Yeah. All right, that's just a portion of the conversation that I had with Jeremy, mostly about our kids, interesting stuff that, you know, he's on the radio every day, but he can't just sit and talk about the stuff that's actually going on in his life the whole time, so kind of cool to just hang out at Jer's house, sit down with him, and uh, 
kick some things around for the first time in a while. Again, that was just a portion of the conversation. Next episode, we'll hear some more from Jeremy White and others as we continue with Writer Radio. Thank you for listening.